It's a real pleasure to have Molly McCammon here. If you look at her bio, she's done just about everything you can do in Alaska. And uh, I think she's going to add Arctic Entry Storyteller to that after this one. So, Molly. Um, thank you. The year was 1975, and um, my boyfriend said, hey, you want to go up to the Bricks Range and help me build a cabin? And, you know, I was 23. I was kind of young, naive. Sure, but that sounds kind of like commitment stuff. I don't know if I want to live there. I'll, I'll go up and I'll help you build. So we flew up to a little village um, 45 miles north of the Arctic Circle, built a stove, which took us a whole month to build by hand, which is another story, went up the river. And let me just set the context there. It's about 20 miles from the Continental Divide. It's in the middle of the Brooks Range, just outside of Gates of the Arctic Park. Big honkin trees, nice forest, it's beautiful. And the river, the Ambler River, has the most incredible aquamarine color in the entire Brooks Range. There is no other river like it. It is a phenomenal place. So we went up there, and then I was told, oh, by the way, we're doing this without a chainsaw. We're doing this all by hand. So, <laughs> hey, I, I was 23, you know, <laughs> sure. So we had a bow saw and an ax and a draw knife. And we were, gonna, we were doing things differently. We we were going to learn from our neighbors' mistakes. Our neighbors were park rangers at McKinley Park, and they'd come the year before, and they worked through Labor Day, came in, did all their logging, built their cabin, and lived in it that winter. And the logs were so green, they dripped all winter. They lived in raincoats in their, in their house. They had a tarp over their bed. Every glass piece in their house built from the drops. So we decided we would log in the fall, let them dry out, and then come back the next fall and actually build. So that fall, we had an incredible experience in the woods with our bow saw and our axe and our draw knife. Draw knife. And it was, it was just a beautiful experience, but you have to have time because it took a lot of time. It really, it took all month to get all of our logs um, cut and peeled and up on stumps and ready to do the drying process. And in the meantime, the birches are turning gold and the caribou are moving through and the birds are all leaving. And the night that I left to go back to Fairbanks, a pack of wolves howled and I said, I'm hooked, I'm coming back. So fast forward to the spring, we were decided we were going to move the logs in the spring on the snow, and we would skid them on the snow. So we came back in the spring, but oh my god, it snowed all winter, and there's all this snow, so let's go skiing, and maybe some of it will melt, and we'll come back and do it later, but then it really is melting, and we have to work at night because, you know, crust skiing and crust, so we had to wait for the crust so we could move all the logs. So we got all the logs moved. Um, with harnesses and sleds and again, you know, no power tools, no, no dogs, nothing, just us two at that time. So we went out for the summer to earn some money, came back in August, we were ready to build. And fortunately, we had a friend with us named Birch. I don't really know what his name is, but we called him Birch, who kind of knew what he was doing. Um, <laughs> So we started building, and you know, from the time we, we started the bottom, the sill logs, to the ridge pole, it took 14 days to get all the logs up. And this involves scribing the logs and then cutting out the saddle notches, with first with a bow saw, then with an axe, and then with a gouge, all without a chainsaw, all, you know, 
very quiet, but you know, a lot of work, adding the logs as we went. And as most of you know who have built, you get the walls up and you think, ah, we're there, you know, not. You know, then you have to get the roof on. So you do the roof poles, you do the visqueen on that, you cut big chunks of sod and put those on the roof. And then we chinked um, all of the logs with chinking moss. And I have no idea what kind of moss it is. We called it chinking moss as opposed to the bathroom moss, the pea moss. You know, I don't know. It's a different kind of moss. It's scratchier. You don't use it when you're out in the woods. That's all I know. But you have to have enough, you have to have enough cracks in your logs because you really cram that cram it in. Um, so we're getting, you know, it's getting winter now. Now it's getting into October. Birch has left. He went to Mexico. Smart guy. Um, so he's out of there and we're thinking, you know, we're going to live in this place and it's, you know, it's getting kind of dicey. We're bringing in the moss inside now to thaw it out so we could actually do the chinking and all. And um, it's getting colder. It's, you know, it's getting like zero. The snow line's going down. The caribou are migrating south. It's it's very fall and winter. We get the windows in, we get the floor in. The last piece is really the, the door that's left. So we decided we were gonna make this really beautiful, elaborate door. Why we decided we were doing this, because it's like almost <laughs> November, but that was the plan. And we were using a whipsaw, which is done on a platform, and you put the log up there, and you have this like eight-foot, two-person saw that you're using to cut boards with. And, you know, I get a little nervous up on heights, so I said, okay, I'll be the, in the pit. Well, the pit person eats the sawdust. So just, you know, note to self, never be in the pit because you are up there eating the sawdust as you're doing the boards. So we got the boards done and finally got the door all built. We had just a piece of visqueen over the door. We kind of semi-moved into the cabin put the stove in, really waiting for, you know, the final touch. We got the door on and spent our first night in the cabin. The next morning, we came out, and um, it was about 25 below zero, and there was this strange sound, and we could not figure out what the sound was. It was like, it was just eerie. It was like, what is that noise? It was the river had frozen overnight, and really the sound was no sound at all. It was just absolute stunning quiet. And it was just the perfect way to kind of end our building of just that touch of what the coming of winter is, especially when you're so remote like that in the Brooks Range. And that, the whole experience of it led to, you know, that becoming our home for eight years um, and living up there. And because it was a federal open to entry land, it was um, $2.50 an acre. And, you know, God bless the U.S. government. <laughs> we did not have an exact five acres. There was a little slice because of the river. And so we only paid $11.90 for that little piece of wilderness. Thank you. But I have one thing. Okay, I have one little piece, though. Um, how many of you were here last month for Donna Proctor when she was doing her moose calling? Okay, okay. I am going to teach you a never-fail caribou call. This is 100% guaranteed. This has never failed me. This gets them every time. Okay, so do you want to do this with me? Okay, okay, you have to stand up. Okay. First, first of all, you have to look like a caribou. 
So the antlers. And caribou always put their hind leg out. I don't know why it is, but they always go like that. So you've got the antlers, you've got the leg out, and then, hey, caribou. Hey, caribou.